Hi, I'm Josh and welcome to the Wild Nature Photography Podcast, the podcast that talks the art and the craft of nature photography. It is the 25th of January 2022 and this is podcast number 36. On this episode, I've got a lot I want to talk about. So I've been meaning to do this podcast for quite a few days and I've just had a lot of office work that's kept me um, kept me from getting around to it. But uh, I thought today um, it's hot here in Melbourne and I just wanted to take the opportunity while I'm inside in the air conditioning to, to actually do this podcast because, as I said, there's quite a bit I, I sort of want to go over today. Um, we'll kick it off with WPC. This is something that not a lot of photographers know about. WPC is the World Photographic Cup. And what that actually is, is it's kind of like the Olympics of photography. So nations around the world enter, um, or they put forward entries into each of the categories, and then these categories are judged just like a normal photographic competition, and bronze, silver, and gold medals are awarded. It's it's becoming a bigger and bigger thing every year. It's only been going, gosh, I'd have to look up exactly how long it's been going now, but not that many years. I first became aware of it probably about six years ago when um, – when the AIPP, the Australian Institute of Professional Photography, was putting together and um, collecting images to enter, and they entered one of my photographs that had scored a gold at APA, uh, the Australian Professional Photography Awards, and that subsequently went on and took out the bronze, uh, the bronze medal for Australia in the reportage category. It was one of the iceberg photographs I did in Antarctica. It was actually a panorama, a three-image stitch. And I was really quite chuffed with it at the time to, to take out the bronze medal for Australia in, in the reportage category. And then I got chosen to enter it again um, a couple of years ago. I think it was actually 2020, if I recall correctly, 2020. I'll, I'll look that up as well, and I'll put all this in the show notes along with links. But um, again, I had one of my images of emperor penguins was selected to represent Australia in the nature category, and that went on to take out the silver medal uh, in the nature category. And then again, we've rolled around for the 2022 WPC, and I knew that I had again been fortunate to have one of my images selected. This time it was a snowy owl that I photographed in Canada a couple of years ago on, on a workshop. And I just particularly loved the wing position of this owl. It was something I actually pre-visualized. Uh, I had seen the owl take off quite a few times to wrap its wings around its its face so that I could just see its eyes. And I wanted to try and capture this and it took me quite a few tries and if I'm honest, quite a few thousand images I think it was before I finally got it. But I got it and it did it did really, really well for me in the Silver Lining Awards. I actually won the Silver Lining Awards with that image. And then it got picked up by the AIPP and entered into the World Photographic Cup. And that uh, the finalists for the World Photographic Cup were actually being announced the other day. I had completely forgotten about it and I got a reminder in my calendar and um, – I flashed it up on YouTube and I sort of had it playing in the background and they were announcing the best of nation winners. Um, and Australia came up and next thing I knew my name had been announced as the best of nation for Australia, as well as being a finalist in the top 10 in the nature category. So I was really thrilled to, 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 to have that happen. I don't know yet whether I've medaled. I'm going to have to wait and see. That happens, I believe, in late March, I think, is when the medalists are announced. But I, I have to say, you know, having won both bronze and silver medals for Australia now in the WPC, the World Photographic Cup, it really would be quite something if I was fortunate enough to get a gold. I don't want to, to jinx myself, but I, I would be over the moon to get a complete collection of medals like that. I think that would be uh, pretty fantastic. It's it's an image that I'm I, I'm really pleased with. It's an image I love. It's an image that's been really, really popular for me in, in, in print sales and in cards. Um, it's done really, really well. It's 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 not often in nature photography that you can – you really pre-visualize something and you see an opportunity with an animal – 
and you can then execute it and get the actual image that you envisaged in your head. You know, a lot of the times when I've pre-visualized, I've never been able to get what I, what I wanted. You know, there've been times when I had this vision in my head that I was going to photograph this Wolverine backlit in the snow. I wanted to have it snowing so that you could see all the snow coming down. You know, I just have beautiful rim light around the Wolverine. Well, I tried for days and days and days to get that shot. Uh, in Finland in winter in extreme cold and I never got it. So it's not, not common to get, uh, to get an image that you pre-visualize, but I was, I was really quite thrilled to have that happen. That was, that was, I worked very hard to get that photograph, but you know, the reward I think was really worth it. And the WPC, um, best of nation and being the top 10 finalist in the nature category is sort of like icing on the cake for me. So we'll see how, uh, how the judge, final judging goes and where that image ends up. Of course, I hope it goes gold. That would be amazing. But even if it doesn't get into the medals, I'm still really pleased that it's made the finals. Um, that it's my third time in the WPC that I've medaled twice. It's, it's a real thrill. So we'll put the WPC, uh, the World Photographic Cup, to one side for a moment. I'll, um, as I said, I'll put links to this in in the show notes. So if you want to go and check this stuff out and actually have a look at all the finalist images in all the different categories, well worth your time. It's fantastic photography from around the world. I was really quite blown away by many of the entries. I thought the Russian entries were incredibly strong. Um, every time an image flashed up that just blew me away, it was, it was by a Russian photographer. So I just think that's worth your time. It's only going to take you a couple of minutes out of your day to check out, check out the finalists in each of the categories. Uh, it is world standard photography, or photography rather to the highest standard from around the world. So well worth your time to check that out. So let's move on a little bit, um, from that. I want to talk workshops and expeditions for a little bit. First thing I just wanted to say is, uh, I am now in final preparations, getting ready for my Arctic Fox workshop. Uh, I'll be leaving Australia on the 5th of February. Uh, touch wood, that's all going well, of course, um, assuming a negative COVID PCR test. And I'll come to talking about PCR tests in a little bit because I'm going to rant a bit about PCR tests uh, and rapid antigen tests. But anyway, look, I'll be leaving on the on the 5th. I'm, I'm still tossing around in my head exactly what equipment I'm going to take with me. I'll be doing two trips back to back. I'm going straight from Iceland uh, when I finish for the Arctic Fox over to Finland. And um, I'm going to spend uh, not that long in Finland, actually. Um, I've, I've just got a very full schedule, but going back up to look for the wolves in winter, I'll be leading a workshop up there for a few photographers. I'm looking forward to that. And that's where I really plan to also test the Canon EOS R3 in the cold that I've talked about in several other podcasts as well. So that's really exciting to be kicking off the year, getting back into travel, getting back into nature photography in winter in Iceland and Finland. Very much looking forward to that. I also got a hotline from my friend Daniel on where there's been a Jira Falcon coming to, um, to, to feed and perch, um, not that far from the capital city of Reykjavik. So I'm going to go and check that out with him as well, just before I head up to the Arctic Fox. I'm pretty excited for that. The Jira Falcon, for those of you who don't know, is the world's largest falcon. Uh, it's, in, it's endemic in Iceland. It's an incredible bird, stunning plumage on it, and I'm really hoping I'll get an opportunity to photograph it. I have photographed them once before, uh, a few years ago now, and very much enjoyed it. This would be fantastic to do as well. Hopefully in snow, that would be even better. So uh, the next thing I wanted to move on and talk about was my expedition to Ellesmere Island is going to follow on from Finland, but I will return to Australia um, between those two trips. I'll have about seven days in Australia to prepare for Ellesmere before I go up to the northern part of Canada. That's quite the uh, that's quite the flights to get to there from Australia. I have to fly Melbourne to Sydney, Sydney to Vancouver, Vancouver to Ottawa, and then from Ottawa, I think it's Ottawa to Equalit to somewhere else, to somewhere else to Grisfjord. It's like it's a huge number of flights and incredibly expensive to get there. But I'm really looking forward to that. 
that expedition. The both the 2000, well, actually the 2022 and the 2023 expeditions are both sold out to Ellesmere Island. I'm currently just tossing around in my head uh, with my friend David whether we're going to put one on in 2024. I think we probably are. Uh, we may just wait and see exactly how the 2022 one goes, uh, and just in terms of dates, whether we want to shuffle dates forward or backward a little bit. The time of year that we're actually going there, it's going to be extremely cold, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts. You know, we, we're expecting minus 50 degrees, and we may, depending on how that goes, um, because we're going to be out in the field and unable to get out of that cold, depending on how that goes, we may push dates a little bit back uh, to further in the year. We're just going to see and, and sort of wing it a little bit on that. But I am excited that, you know, both 2022 and 2023 are sold out. I have also announced my um, expedition to Greenland for 2024. Full details of that are also on my website. And again, I'll put a link to this in the show notes if you want to, if you want to check it out. Uh, I'm always excited to return to Greenland. I do really believe having done you know countless expeditions to the east coast of Greenland now that it is the best place in the world for icebergs. With all the thawing and freezing and all the glaciers up there, there's just so many incredible formations, electric blue lines going through these glaciers uh, and, and icebergs, and just fantastic uh, landscape that's juxtaposed by the icebergs. It's just an incredible place uh, and really a lot of untapped potential still in Greenland, I think, for landscape. Uh, landscape work. There is some wildlife there, but it's primarily a landscape expedition. So I'm pretty excited about that too. That that will be coming up in, in 2024. I've got an expedition there this year in September and again in 2023. Um, and again, this new one will be in 2024. I've also just thrown up on my website that I'm going to go back to the Emperor Penguins in 2024 in Antarctica. I am going in November this year with a small group that's been sold out for a long time, that expedition. Uh, and I have now, I haven't got dates confirmed yet, but um, initial details are on my website for Ember Penguins for 2024, most likely November. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's something I'm always looking forward to. So I'll more to say about that as it gets closer and once dates are finalised. A couple of other small sort of housekeeping items I wanted to go over. I have put up on my website... Um, a new portfolio from Finland in winter, which has a lot of images of the wolves and the wolf pack for, in the snow from um, from Finland on the border with Russia. If you want to check that out, again, I'll also put a link to that in the show notes. And I've also extended the portfolio for Greenland as well. I had a lot of photographs in my library on my hard drives that I had just had not got around to uploading to my website. So I took the opportunity yesterday and created the new portfolio for Finland for winter and also a bunch of images that I wanted to add up in, add to the portfolio for Greenland as well. So did that too. Um, there may be more images that I'm going to pop up as we go forward, but for now, those are two fairly major updates to, to the sort of the portfolio section of my website. Um, the last thing I really wanted to cover off today and to wrap up this podcast on was to talk a little bit about PCR tests and travel. So currently, the way it's sort of working for travel is, is that most of the international airlines, in fact, all of them as far as I know, require you to have a negative PCR test before you can board the aircraft. Now, I've talked before about how individual countries all have their own different requirements for entry. So, for example, Iceland, has to, you have to fill in a declaration not more than 72 hours before you arrive. Other countries, you have to fill it in more than a week before you arrive. Some countries require a negative PCR test on entry. Others don't. Some countries reserve the right to refuse you entry, even if you have all the paperwork. So it's a bit of a mess at the moment. But the problem I've got with all these PCR tests is in order to get them for for boarding an international flight in Australia, you've got to buy them. You can't just go down to the testing clinic and say, I need a PCR test because I'm flying. You actually have to book it in online, get a, pay a, th- a $300 fee for the test, 
go and get the test and then wait for them to email you the official document that, that the airline will recognize that says you've tested negative for COVID. Now, at 300 bucks a pop, if you're a family of four, there's 1200 bucks before you've even left the country. Then, then you've got to get them again coming back into Australia. Now that's very expensive if you're coming out of somewhere like Helsinki with a 300 euro a pop. So therefore, there you'd be up for 1200 euros, which is what roughly 2000 Australian dollars for four PCR tests. I mean, it's outrageous. And someone, you know, these companies are really profiteering, in my opinion, on the pandemic and on this requirement for travelers to have PCR tests. Now, just looking at my own travel, I mean, I need a PCR test before I could board the plane in Australia. There's 300 bucks. I need to get another one um, before I leave Iceland to go to Helsinki. Now, I believe in Iceland that they're free. Um, I haven't had that confirmed, but I have been told they're free, so that's my hope. And then I'll need to get another one when I leave Helsinki, which will be 300 euro again, to get back into Australia. So 300 euros, that's around about 500 Australian dollars. So I'm up for nearly $800 in PCR tests for these two trips that are coming up. Now, for my trips to Ellesmere, and then when I'm going from Ellesmere straight over to Svalbard afterwards, I'm going to have to do the same thing. I'm going to have to get PCR tested again in in uh, in Melbourne, pay $300, and then again all along the way. So hopefully things will change before then. But at the moment, the situation with having to get tests and pay for them so that you can fly internationally is is really is quite outrageous because it's making international travel extraordinarily expensive uh, as well as difficult. Um, airline fees are already through the roof for many, many countries. It's really interesting. I booked my flights for Svalbard this April, a couple of days ago. Now, normally the flight from Oslo to Longyearbyen would probably run me around about $200 each way, so about $400 return Australian. Well, it ended up actually costing me $800, so it's doubled over when I was booking before the pandemic. And this has been my experience with many, many other airfares as well, whether it's inter- whether it's long haul international or whether they're short hops. The flights from Ottawa to Grisfjord and Ellesmere Island were incredibly expensive, over $7,000 Canadian, um, just for those flights alone, not including the international flights from Australia to Ottawa. So airline travel internationally has just become exorbitantly expensive as a result of this pandemic. So I don't know that we're going to see a return to previous airfares uh, pre-pandemic. My hope is that they might taper off a little bit. Uh, certainly, my hope is that we get rid of this this necessity that's currently there for all this PCR testing. I don't think it's achieving anything anymore. I think, you know, this COVID is, is so rampant around the world at the moment that, you know, stopping a few people from flying who might have tested positive, I don't think is really actually helping anybody. Uh, I think the main thing is to keep the vaccination levels up and it looks like, you know, who knows how long it'll be before we actually even need our fourth shots. So I don't know about any of that anymore. I'm kind of tired of it. I'm, I'm really over this need to continually be reaching into my pocket to pay for PCR tests. I know it's a first world problem. I know I'm fortunate to be traveling and flying and, and, and you know, doing what I love, which is nature photography in, in remote places. But man, they're not making it easy these days. So there we go. Let's wrap it up there. That's it for today. It has been podcast number 36, I think. Didn't I say 36? On the 25th of uh, January, 2022, it's Australia Day tomorrow, actually. Uh, Public holiday here tomorrow, so 26th tomorrow, but 25th today. I'm Josh. Thanks for listening. Look forward to seeing you out in the field.